Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Abortion access is changing, and at the same time that safe, modern telehealth options emerge, politicians are passing harmful bans to block access and win votes, impacting marginalized and low-income communities the most. But there is hope, in the form of five pills. Plan C is a national nonprofit campaign on abortion pills, a safe and effective modern method used up to 12 weeks. At PlanCPills.org, you will find a 50-state guide to pills, which includes FAQs, in-depth resources, and free hotlines to understand legal risk and get medical support. Plan C's mission is to spread the word about this medically safe modern method and all the different routes of access, including activists, telehealth providers, and getting pills in advance. Because access to safe abortion care should not depend on your zip code. Visit plancpills.org to learn more and join the movement. And make sure to check out Plan C's merch store and use code SEXEDWITHDB for 10% off. All merch proceeds go to a rotating list of abortion support organizers. When you're traveling, you don't have access to your amazing sex goodies stash. So you start to pack your lube for sexy time in your toiletry bag. And when you open your bag back up, the lube you pack, of course, spills all over your toothbrush, makeup, and floss picks. Enter a brand new product from Uber Lube that will get your lube to your destination without spillage. They're new good-to-go travelers. Perfect for your purse, pocket, gym bag, or carry-on luggage, the good-to-go traveler features the same Uber Lube product in a discreet aluminum traveler that comes in six colors. Try Uber Lube and their good-to-go traveler now with code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. Small business owners, freelancers, and contractors, listen up. If you're running a small business and you're making at least $60,000 in profit each year, you're going to love Collective. Collective is the all-in-one financial solution for self-employed people. They let you focus on your passion and not your paperwork. Collective handles all the corporate formation and compliance paperwork, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, and even payroll. Go to collective.com now and use code Danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E, to receive one month free. And make sure to tell them that Sex Ed with DB sent you. In a world that constantly encourages you to change, it's bold to just be yourself. Sexual expression and satisfaction are different for everybody, so rather than conforming to others, focus on falling in love with who you are. Lion's Den sources the very best products to help you find what you like and help you feel confident expressing your sexual desires. You can get 15% off in-store and online using code SEXEDWITHDB at lionsden.com to begin exploring everything about yourself. Follow them on social at Lion's Den Adult on Instagram and TikTok. Hello, amazing Sex Ed with DB listeners. DB here, obviously. Uh, I'm so glad to introduce Jamie and Shaba for this really, really wonderful episode. I just really clicked with them, and I'm so glad that they were able to come on. Uh, In this episode, I learned that Jamie and Shaba, a very cute couple, both have very large YouTube followings and both have PhDs. Very impressive. Uh, We talk about Jamie's trans journey and documenting it for the world to see 
as well as Shaba's bisexuality journey and everything in between. We talked about a lot in this episode. Uh, we also talk about our favorite queer TV shows and how to combat trans misinformation. And I just really enjoyed our conversation. It felt very authentic and fluid and easy. They're super funny and very British, very cute. And I'm excited for you to hear it. But before we launch in, I just want to shout out our brand new merch line because I'm so proud of it. We worked with 20-some design. And if you go to sexedwithdb.com slash merch, you can see the mugs and the totes and the stickers and the hats and the shirts and all the fun stuff. So go to sexedwithdb.com slash merch. And if you rate us five stars and leave us a review uh, on this episode, you could win a sticker. Uh, Email us a screenshot of you doing so at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. And here I am with Jamie and Shaba. Hello, Jamie and Shaba. How's it going today? Hey. Hi. It's good. How's it going your end? Great. Uh, we have a, a gloomy California day out here, uh, but I'm happy to meet you both and be here for the next hour uh, talking all about really fun stuff. So thank you for joining me. Thanks thank for, so having much us. for having us. Oh. When you say gloomy California day, like that doesn't go together. I know. Like we're coming to the Brits for the no. sunshine. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if you, you know, in the UK, if you're like, it's a gloomy day, you're just like, it's a Wednesday. You know, that's just like, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> Every day. Okay. Um, well, I'd love to get started. If you both can just share a little bit about yourselves and your background and kind of who you are. Absolutely. Sure. Give us your life story, Jamie. Go for it. You want me to go first? Okay. <laughs> I volunteer. Uh, so my name is Jamie. Uh, I am a transgender man from the UK and I make YouTube videos about my transition and breaking down transphobia and just humanizing the trans experience really and I have also written a book that's part memoir part self-help guide for the trans community and for allies and I have a PhD looking at trans people's well-being and development so very transy stuff there is a bit there is a bit of a theme yeah um uh hi I'm Shaba um I am not trans I'm cis but um I I guess grew up with your journey alongside yeah. so I'm a fierce trans ally um because the community absolutely needs help um and also because I love my husband yeah, I oh, hope yes. you were a trans ally <laughs> we, yes. at this point <laughs> just imagine if this was a time where this would be like, a bit of a revelation committed to the cause uh-huh. <laughs> um but yeah no we've been married for just over a year oh thank you yes yeah I'm also terrible with dates newlyweds um, Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting. Kind of. That's, yeah. I mean, happy anniversary? Question mark. I don't know when you got married, but that's just over here. <laughs> End of September last year. So Thank yeah, you. Great. very kind. That's awesome. Yes. Um, but we've also been together for twelve years. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Newlyweds, but also old married couple. Yeah, yeah. old souls. Right. <laughs> <Does that Yeah. laughs> we know each other quite well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm planning a wedding right now. My fiance and I are getting married next August, and we've oh, been together for thank you for like seven years. So it's it is this kind of funny thing where we're like we kind of already do all this stuff, but we just have to <laughs> yeah. like you know get the paperwork, get the flowers, etc. Whatever you're gonna do. So yeah, uh, I tip my cap to anyone who's ever gotten married, even if they elope. <laughs> it's like a lot of effort and a lot of planning. So yeah, it is. yeah. yeah. 
we were in very two minds about whether we should or not. Um, some part of us was just like, oh, it's like so traditional and sort of like old school. Is it something that we need to do? But I think ultimately we both had like our reasons for really wanting to. Yeah. Mm. Yours was, oh, I mean, I don't want to speak for you. Oh, well, I managed to change my birth certificate in the UK. So it felt very meaningful to be able to get married as like husband and wife because we wouldn't have been able to legally do that if I hadn't changed my birth certificate. So it was like, when that happened, it was like, oh, this is actually like an exciting prospect now to get married. Yeah. Um, and then for me, it was sort of like, I guess I always, you know, when you grow up and you sort of like expect to get married. And I guess like parents always give you these like ideas of walking down the aisle. For me being Asian, that was like, oh, you're going to go down the aisle in a little red linger. And we're going to eat mm. so much curry and dance so much. So it's going to be so much fun. Um, and then when I got with Jamie, unfortunately, my family were very unaccepting. Um, so mm. for the longest time, I didn't think we, we would have that. Um, but then when my mom in particular sort of came around and started to accept us as a couple and understand what being trans meant and what mm -hmm. our relationship was she was like Shada I'd really love it if we can add some cultural aspects to the wedding and so I was like okay that's it we're getting married <laughs> <laughs> totally I mean that I mean that's really meaningful and what a an experience for you and what a journey you know for for your mom and family hopefully to kind of be like hey like we love you we support you and Absolutely. yeah in a in a similar vein my dad has been like so you're getting married with like a rabbi, right? And I'm like, no, dad, we're not getting married by a rabbi. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll, I'll give you like the bread and wine prayer. How about that? Like, how about you can be in charge of that? And that'll be like, it's a negotiation. you know, like back and forth. Um, yeah. But yeah, kind of, kind of a wild thing. But any hooser doozer, we're getting off topic, but I'm really glad to, that you're here again and glad to hear a little bit about your story. But I would love to kind of focus in a little bit and talk about YouTube because you both did not even, when I said like, who the heck are you? You didn't even really mention anything about YouTube. And, <laughs> uh, and that's, that's who you both uh, are in a sense. You're YouTubers, right? I mean, that's, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I assume that that's maybe part of your identity because uh, you have a lot of people who follow you on there. Uh, and so I would love to hear from each of you, like, how did you get started on YouTube? What did that look like? Uh, what inspired you to kind of create this content online? And specifically, Jamie, for you, like about your transition, like what, what was that like? You're so right. We did a terrible yes, job. We do. We do <laughs> do YouTube. We make videos. That is a thing. Um, so for me, I started YouTube like just in my bedroom as a 17 year old thinking I really want to document this process of transitioning. And I'd also found YouTube to be invaluable for helping me feel supported and less alone in being a trans person. That I was like, if I could do that for one other person by making videos myself, that would be amazing. Plus all the guys back then were in the States. And I was like, maybe I could give like a UK perspective on things like on what to do because I was so lost. We have no idea. I know. Yeah. So I started making videos just from intro then like starting testosterone and documenting my personal transition and then it was a couple of years in we started like working on stuff together yeah. we did like couple q a's together you really started helping like with the ideas because it moved away from my personal transition and into more like let's make helpful videos for trans people and allies to help people just learn more about the experience so that's when you started, like, yeah, it YouTube. Was, it was an interesting introduction. I loved what you were doing. I, I, was just, I was so scared of the internet and the idea of YouTube. Like, Jamie was like, <laughs> holy, 
I was going to swear, but I can swear. Please. Yeah. <laughs> June was like, holy shit, this video's got 100 views. And I was like, oh my God, you're famous. You've got to take it off. Yeah. <laughs> we got to move. we got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, you don't know what you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know. But, but you then, weren't really scared of it. You were like, hmm, I don't know if I like it kind well, of thing. it was a very vulnerable thing. For it you was a very sharing. new thing as I well back then. I was scared for you. Because yeah. it's, it's wonderful that to, to be able to help people. And that was like so incredible to see and like mm. the reality is spoiler alert we're still doing it now and um <laughs> it, it's mostly fueled by how much we gain help from the community but mm-hmm. also mm. how much the community say it's valuable like it's it's what fuels us to to share our story mm-hmm. in the way that we do yeah. um but not everybody is helpful or being helped some people are really hateful and that's what i was a bit nervous yeah. about um yeah but then um when we were going through sort of like a a darker patch because my family weren't so accepting um you said why don't we talk about it in a video and we yeah. don't even need to put it yeah online. i was like we can just like talk about a couple things that are happening i've made videos in the past talking about things i'm struggling with but not necessarily posted them because they felt a bit too personal we could just do the same mm-hmm. and see what it feels like because it's kind of like a little bit like therapy but you know totally. nobody's talking back but you just get to like share so that's what we did it was um, very one step forward two steps back with yeah. sort of like the the situation with us as a couple and so we do like occasional updates online and it was really reassuring it mm. sounds kind of morbid when you say it like that but it was quite nice to feel not alone there were yeah. so many other people going through really similar things um and you build this sense of community online so yeah that's kind of how i started getting involved too yeah and before you knew it we were drafting these really terrible skits where you were flinging packers around your head and uh-huh. we were uh-huh. <laughs> talking about period pads in men's bathrooms the channel has gone through many different Phases. Many phases. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Some better than others. <laughs> I think it got to a point where there was only so much that we could share about your journey and our journey yeah. that was helpful. So now we sort of do different things online where we um, talk about LGBT plus things more generally yeah. um, on your channel. And then we've got this sort of secondary channel, which was lifestyle, but I've now sort of adopted it a bit more for um, storytelling and diversity as a person of colour and as a bi person of colour. So, yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I think like it, like you mentioned before, it's so valuable to see the people on the other end be like, Hey, you've like actually really impacted my life in like a serious way. I imagine that's kind of how like teachers and mentors and kind of other folks feel when they are able to kind of help or aid someone through something really challenging or just like simply put a smile on their face. Right. Like there's a lot of sadness in the world and a lot of like a, a very harsh reality that we live in, and especially on the internet, right? Like there is so mm-hmm. much hate, yeah. as you mentioned, so many trolls, so much sadness. And when you're able to kind of find a pocket of sunshine that makes you feel like happy and joyful, uh, it's pretty invaluable, right? And so you you yeah. both are that for so many people, which is really, really cool. Well, look, if we can prance around in front of the camera and call it doing good, then we're onto a good <laughs> we'll thing. We'll keep on doing it. Just... <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so Jamie, you mentioned this, right? You've documented your own transition journey on YouTube for over a decade, um, and yes. you uh, wrote a you wrote the book on it, literally. Um, <laughs> is, is there kind of any advice or insights that you would like to share? with maybe like your past self at 17, right? Or like other people who maybe at the beginning of their own journey, whatever age they are, who are considering maybe sharing it either with their family or publicly. Oh, so with my past self, I would just say like, 
it, just keep doing what you're doing because it worked out pretty okay. Um, and it's just the message of like things can feel quite slow and like they're not moving, but they really will. And when things do start going, it really makes all that time waiting and all that patience you had to have worth it. Um, and in terms of like young trans people now thinking about coming out or sharing their story, it's just always about if it's what you want to do and you are in a safe environment to do so, then mm -hmm. I think it is a good thing to talk about. But first and foremost, think about your current situation and make sure that it's, you know, good for you to talk about it and be open. We all want to have those support networks. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it, you don't necessarily know like how your family is going to react or how public, the public is going to react. And at the end of the yeah. day, like you finding your people to like really lean on or kind of like whether that is people from afar, like people that you admire that you're consuming their content or like if there's kind of like, and that, that I think is what's cool about the cool part of the internet. I mean, there are many cool parts, but like totally people you. are able to find people even if they don't yeah. live near them. Um, like I'm thinking about, you know, trans people from the South in America, right? Like maybe where they're not in an accepting area, if it's like a very religious part of where they live and that's just like not an option for them, then yeah. potentially they can go online and find a community um, where they can feel like themselves. Oh, absolutely. There is, there is 100% support out there. It, you know, for some people that comes in different forms in different places, like you said, not everybody finds it in their real life right now where they are but it is there and from there are people life, but not it, from the immediate circles that you'd necessarily assume or yeah expect exactly but it is absolutely there and there are people out there who will love you and accept you and support you um it's just about finding them and and you will find them yeah totally. and sometimes giving yeah. the right amount of time to the people who are not so accepting because i think about some people that we know who we thought would never ever be accepting mm. and have done like complete 180s um it's just about you know giving them the space and and carving that opportunity to accommodate a place where they want to listen yeah yeah and it can be hard to be uh, uh the person waiting to be like okay like i'm just gonna continue <laughs> to like be myself and i hope that one day you can come to terms with that you know but i think yeah. like also you know we there there's like an elephant in the room like about this that sometimes there being a generational gap, right? And I don't think that we're really, we don't really articulate that that much because it's not necessarily like, oh, so clean cut, like, oh, our parents or people of our parents' age are the only ones that don't get it. That's definitely not true. But mm -hmm. I do think that when things feel to someone like they're changing so rapidly when they were a certain way for many, many years, that can be very hard for them to wrap their head around uh, despite someone being on the receiving end of that being like, no, like it's the time is now for you to really like show up for me. So it can yeah. be kind yeah. of this like battle in a sense of like what someone is ready to accept and what their experience is of yeah. reality. Mm -hmm. And then your kind of experience that you've been in your own body your whole life. Right. You're so right. Yeah. Age is not an excuse. And, and one of the, one of the things that I like really struggled to come to terms with, it sounds so weird, but like, when I was thinking about you and your journey, mm -hmm. like the first person Jamie came out to was himself, mm. right? Like people, people forget that. Like you sat when you had your discovery mm. 
in turmoil and distress and confusion before, um, like way longer than, you know, for, for, for a long time before yeah. you went and told other people. Yeah. And so to other people, sometimes it comes as a shock to be like, oh, wait, this massive thing is happening right now and you want to do these steps. Yeah. But it's like, well, yeah, because this person's been thinking about it for often their entire time. life yeah. and has found the words more recently, but still have been like, planning this yeah. as they as they've gathered the balls to, to come and tell you <laughs> yeah exactly and i think for some people of like a certain generation as well whilst it's not an excuse there can be a lot of unlearning that needs to happen right it's that big process of like we saw it with people in your family like you could see the messages that they'd received their whole lives and how completely like alien and out of the blue and like so odd that you know th- this scenario was to them is something that they never even thought was a possibility and that takes a lot of time to process for some people and and that is okay and it's for people where it does take time to process it's it's fine if you need to take your time but just the the important thing is to always remain respectful i yeah. think that's when it becomes really difficult and it can be difficult to have that patience with the time. If it's toxic, then remove yourself from the situation and give someone their time, like independent of your input. Sure. Um, you but, don't need to understand to be able yeah. to respect someone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Baseline. Right. That's like yeah. <laughs> baseline expectation. Respect. <laughs> and then we'll go from there. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> totally. Yeah. And like ultimately when you're in a partnership that's really loving and you have a community you rely on those people less to understand quicker and you can kind of Mm -hmm. allow them to like, Hey, if if you respect me and you're able to process, like you take your time because I'll be over here, like living my life and still feeling confident in who I am. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Shaba onto you. Um, So as someone who's part of a high profile LGBTQ uh, couple with Jamie, You've been in a unique position to promote bi visibility. And I wonder if you can kind of share your thoughts on like the importance of representation for bi folks in your experience mm-hmm. and any experiences or insights that you've gained along the way. That's super interesting. And <laughs> honestly, I feel a little bit embarrassed to talk about these things because I have been a bad bisexual. No. Like, <laughs> I need to. That kind of seems like bad girl. Like I'm a bad girl, kind of like a bad bye. That did sound any kind of. That did sound a little bit. Yeah, not quite how you meant it. I say it with like cringe. Like I genuinely feel like so sad. Uh, but I find that's fine. Self-deprecating humor is a very British thing. It's good. Um, I, I say that because um, I. I met Jamie before Jamie was Jamie, right? Like we were friends before you pre-transition. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when you were going through your journey, I didn't really think about my journey because my conservative upbringing meant that I just didn't have those questions during my coming of age. Like it wasn't a thing. You're brown. You're Muslim. My entire life was planned out. You're a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. That's like the amount of choice that I had in my life, right? right. Um. I'm not saying that all Asian families are like that. That's just my, my Your experience. background. Yeah. So when I sort of did come to terms with who I was and go through that sort of like, oh, well, what's my identity? What's my exploration? And I realized that I was bi. I quickly realized because we were online and talking about being together mm-hmm. um, that being not straight 
was something that fueled the people in my life who are not accepting of Jamie to justify a relationship in a way that invalidated him. Does that make sense? Mm. Um, Like when my family first realized that we were together, they were like, oh my God, Shaba's a lesbian. What do we do? Because they just didn't see Jamie as a man. Mm. And so they assumed that we're in a same gender relationship and there's nothing wrong with being in a same gender relationship, but obviously in this context where it's not right, saying that really hurt me because it hurt Jamie because they weren't seeing you for who you truly are. Mm-hmm. So when I realized I was by and I was like, God, I feel like this is something I should tell my parents. I don't know why coming out is such a big deal, but it felt like such a big deal. I was like, mom, we're going to have this conversation. I knew that one of the first things that she was going to say was, oh, well now it makes sense as to why you were the trans guy. Right. And like Mm. use that as a way to invalidate Jamie being a man. Um, So I kind of didn't speak about it for too long, which, um, which is what makes me a bad bisexual. <laughs> I but felt you can the need see to where it myself. comes from. Like you spent yeah. a long time pushing back against your family, going, "We are not a lesbian couple. Jamie is a man." Yes. Like, and we spent a lot of time online with people calling us a lesbian couple and calling you a lesbian, and you were like, "No, I'm straight. I'm with a man." Honestly, like the the yeah. I think like I really kidded myself as well. Sometimes I look at things and I'm like. Jesus, I am so thirsty all the time. Like, how did I not know, right? I don't know how I didn't figure it out, because, yes. But, Um, yeah, but, uh, not, sorry, I was just, I'm using comedic effect, by people are not thirsty all the time, Um, but. um, But you are a particularly thirsty guy. (laughs) Thank you, you thank you, old kind husband of mine. Um, So, yeah, uh, I think one of the biggest insights that I would like to share, and talk about now is like just be yourself and it's totally fine to be yourself I think with bi people in particular there is this need to put people in boxes and the bi community are constantly saying but look there can be multiple boxes it's okay um but it's uh you're not bi enough if you're married to a guy um you're I don't know like bi to the point where you're invalidating other people's identities if you were the trans person there's nothing that you can really do apart from just being yourself I really relate um, as also, uh, yeah, a a baby bi here and (laughs) someone who's like engaged to a cis man, right? I'm just kind of like wanting to talk about it, but people are like, but you're with a guy, you know, just like the follow-ups, I'm kind of like, forget it. I don't even, I don't even want to like get into it. And I think like, I think personally that like in a few years from now, this is very clear to me that younger generations are really depending on where you are. Right. Of course. But specifically in America, at least Gen Z is like very much embracing the like gender and sexuality spectrum, like as it is without Mm -hmm. having to question it. And I think that, which is like, which is awesome. Right. And like should have been the norm the whole time to like really allow there to be like multiple truths at once for people. And I personally think that, in 20, 30 years, these conversations will kind of be seen as like, oh, that's so silly that we (laughs) have been like so obsessive over, you know, over these ideas and so nervous about talking about them with people because they're going to be so much more commonplace. And I'm just, and, and that's not, and that's because there's been so much groundwork that has been done, like specifically by like black trans women who have like been able to allow for people to talk about this. And at the same time, I just think it's like my own 
hangups around knowing that I am bi and knowing also that I'm like, depending on the circumstance, like embarrassed to talk about it based on whatever questions are going to come up. I'm excited for the moment where that will genuinely no longer be my feeling or any of our uh, any of our feelings, uh, specifically yeah. for those who identify as bisexual. I love that. And I totally appreciate as well that like it's not a linear journey. Sometimes you can feel like so badass in owning your identity. And other times you're like, oh, no, wait, I'm totally an imposter. Totally. And I think what doesn't help is the bicycle in particular makes you feel that way it's you know like there's no one way of being bi and the spectrum within being bi for for people who don't know about the bicycle it can really increase imposter syndrome if you don't quite understand what's going on um it's it's actually one of the biggest comments that i have is from other women who are like hey i'm bi and in a different gender relationship like am i bi like (laughs) tell me i'm bi and it's it's funny because we're entitled to feel that way of course but sexuality our relationship with our sexuality is our own yes it defines and can describe our relationships in relation to other people i just use the word relation in three different contexts there that was really bad (laughs) but um (laughs) it is it is us first and foremost it's not who we're with i'm by if i'm with jamie i'm by if i'm not with jamie it's the, the the opportunities and the discrimination but also the culture that I deserve to experience goes far beyond the person that I happen to be with at that moment in time um, mm, and it's about yes. being able to embrace that right totally completely agree uh back to you Jamie um <laughs> I'd love to talk a little bit about your fucking PhD you kind of casually dropped that I think we were going to come back to that did you uh in psych with your dissertation focused on the topic of being trans uh could you share your experience while conducting this research and maybe like any specific areas or aspects that you were studying and if you can share any kind of key findings or insights that emerged from your research that would be awesome sure I mean I may have casually said it but Shaba didn't talk about hers at all so (laughs) Just saying, Jabba I'm not the only. I'm no, not the only one in the room. Oh my god! <laughs> the question is you now, yes, Jamie. <laughs> I just wanted to address that. No, I really give you a little shout that. out. We definitely you, will have a follow up for you, Shaba. So be prepared. Don't be silly. <laughs> if I have to talk about mine, you have to talk about yours. Well, go on, talk about yours. <laughs> okay, so I did a PhD in psychology, and my aim was to kind of add some positive research that actually like looked at trans people's lives because this was how long ago did I start my PhD like six or seven years ago it was quite a while and I felt like there was a very limited amount of actual research that cared about trans people's lives and I was like naive undergraduate student like yeah I'm gonna go make a difference I'm gonna change the world Uh (laughs) one piece of research at a time right to even get you there yeah oh it was gone by the time I was writing my dissertation I was like why but I started it because I wanted to look at the development of trans people from childhood into adulthood I also wanted to look at influences and impacts on well-being and then my supervisor who ran a sexual orientation lab uh, kind of introduced me to a new topic of study that I could do that was uh, into the physiological like arousal patterns of transgender men compared to cisgender people and to see if there was uh, a difference based on is it like your 
kind of your body and your genitals that impacts this difference that we see i'm doing a terrible job aren't i <laughs> or can gender have an impact there the the easier ones to explain i, I basically found that uh trans people typically are quite like conforming for their gender identity from really early childhood it you don't have to be in order to be like trans enough or anything because there's no such thing but we did typically find that trans men were really like masculine in childhood and that kind of carried on because of this want to like fit in and be seen as Mm. who they are uh in terms of well-being we found that trans people had higher rates of depression and anxiety and things like being able to transition both socially and medically increased their well-being so please access to healthcare let's go uh and then do you remember my arousal yes i do do you want to help me out here absolutely no you're doing a great job but i was just saying like it sounds silly doesn't it that you have to feel to that you need to back up what seems like such obvious truths with statistics Mm, but that's why research is powerful right because it like it validates this stuff it makes people who knew yeah yeah trans people would be happier if we actually let them be trans it's because there's so (laughs) many people saying the opposite and when you can like slap some research on the desk and be like but like what's backing up your claim and they're like, oh, well, I know. And you're like, yeah, but I really know. Right. <laughs> so I know helps. better than you, actually. <laughs> yeah, I know scientifically. Right. Yeah, well, it, it brings it away from just the I know, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like, well, actually, look, the world tells us. You can't argue with fact, um, which mm. I think lots of people try and do Unfortunately, these people do, but... They do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, exactly, you didn't tell DB. You want me to do the... the... Yeah, okay, you well. helped a lot with it, so... I'll try, correct me if uh-huh. I'm wrong. So Jamie worked in a sex lab, which is a great conversation starter, by the way. Oh, no, Very we would fun. go to Pride events and be like, hey, do you want to watch porn for money? In the name of science. <gasps> in the name of science. <laughs> oh, my God. How could I yeah. not say no? There were two types of people in the world, right? Some people were like, yeah, sign me up. And other people were like, um, get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was. I think it was a really cool study. So mm. essentially, um, and we have to realize this is like genital arousal, not through just what we, you know, we identify as if you say that you're bi, you're bi. If you say that you're straight, we're not trying to say that you're not straight. But genitally, um, the response between cis men and cis women differ when we look at porn. So regardless of your sexual orientation, women, cis women, will, the majority typically, of, yeah. Yeah, will typically get aroused um, by watching both men and women in porn. Whereas men, cis men, mm-hmm. would typically only get aroused by the gender they are attracted to does that make sense yeah so um yeah essentially the the clickbaity headlines there is that all cis women are bisexual um which is not true but the genital response is that they respond to both so jamie was like hey well what about trans men do they conform more to the sex they're assigned at birth or more to the gender they identify in uh, sort of innately so you looked at trans men and where they like, do, do they sit more in line with cis men or cis women and found ultimately that like cis men, mm-hmm. they more um, f- feel, uh, get that genital arousal response to the gender they are attracted to, which I think is really freaking cool, yeah, right? It's called category specific arousal. So like we found that both trans men and cis men showed a category specific, whereas cis women show category non-specific. Because what that and, shows is yeah. that trans men are innately like cis men so how can you say that this stuff is like made up and you know not biological when yeah there are so many patterns and they were using the same a majority of the trans men were using the same genital measurement device as the cis women so it wasn't down to like device differences so the the kind of concept behind that was that there seems to be a uh, 
gender element to influences on a physiological response. So we were like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm sorry, DB. I, I, I'm, hope you're, I'm hoping your eyes aren't like glazing over. We're Not totally at all. I'm, like, I'm thinking about like all the different ways. In fact, well, I'm, I'm a, I have a master's of public health. And so I'm very, yeah. Amazing. Listen, I don't have a PhD. Okay. Clearly no, I'm in, I'm in PhD land here, but I'm really fascinated by that research because number one, there's not enough research in like sexuality and sexual health period, I feel. Mm-hmm. Or if there is, it's mostly towards cis men and like erectile dysfunction. So that's number one. <laughs> number two, I just feel like any sort of research that shows these ideas and kind of further proves, like we said before, like we don't really need research to tell people that like trans people and just people in general should just be whoever the hell they want to be and however mm-hmm. they yeah. want to be. And, but when we do, I do think it opens up this other conversation for people who don't quite understand why they have the ideas that they have when they kind of can see that like, Hey, don't you think that this is interesting? Like, what do you think about this? I think that it's an open door, which I think is like a really, really awesome thing. And you like, you know, to have a PhD where you're like mainly studying transgender health history issues, like that is a really that's that's probably more than most people in their lives will ever study transness, right? Would wouldn't you say? Yeah, I've I've read a lot of papers with the lived I've experience read, I've read too. I'd say you're with quite the yeah. experience, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm I'm into it. And Shaba, I mean, please, what is your PhD? Oh in? my gosh, no, I mean, it's it's not really relevant to this conversation. My PhD is in psychology and computer science. Um, to cut very long story oh. short, I looked at a concept called parasocial relationships. Um, oh, yeah, where you feel like you know are... somebody when you don't know them. Right. So, like, I mean, as creators, YouTubers, we talk a lot. And I feel like a lot of people form relationships with us where we don't necessarily know the community beyond the community as a whole. Um, so I was just really fascinated into sort of like where they sit in our social networks and if we can use social media in that way for social good. Parasocial relationships are more than just social media. Like, I can't tell you the number of people who have parasocial relationships with Winnie the Pooh or Princess Diana Homer or Homer Simpson, right? Oh, wow. Um, but it is true that um, the, the research that we did sort of under- tried to understand the effects um, on our well-being and on, on our emotions um, and our, memo- our emotional, <laughs> <laughs> emotional fulfillment, um, which is really cool to see that actually parasocial relationships help us in, in really significant ways. So um, just like we go to our in-person ties, if we're sad and we need to feel happy, um, watching a parasocial relationship, immersing ourselves in those relationships um, can also do that too. That's not to say that we are wanting to substitute all of our real life relationships for parasocial relationships. But just as you said, you know, if there are people out there in the world who are um, young and LGBT and living in a really conservative place and they don't have the people on their doorstep that they can sort of relate to, um, it's great to know that actually the people that they're forming connections with online can also genuinely positively mm-hmm. help them, um, which is really cool. And you said your research wasn't relevant this to is the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this is so relevant. Very re- I, w- I have so many thoughts. I mean, like, yeah. first of all, we're on a podcast, for God's <laughs> sakes. I mean, people listening, like, I don't know, I don't know them, You're right? right. Like, the the I, DB parasocial relationship is like real. People, people listening, like, I have a job because of you. Like, do you understand <laughs> that? Like, this is a very, it is reciprocal, you know? Like, I do think it's interesting, too, like, thinking about really big celebrities, right? And how many, like, <laughs> the Kardashians, right? Like, 
combined, they have probably like a billion followers on the internet, all of them, the <laughs> Kardashian Jenners. And people don't actually know who they are, even though they mm-hmm. post all that they can post, right? Everything that they want to post on the internet. And that to me is really fascinating. Like people yeah. gain a lot from just like consuming their content, some good, some bad. But I do think, I really think that that is a, I would love to have a separate conversation about that because I do think it's very interesting. And you also have the lived experience of being a YouTuber and having a ton of subscribers and people having that relationship to you. So that, so yeah, both of you are like, hmm, I'm going to like live my life and then I'm going to study aspects of my life. (laughs) Research what you know. Well, no, it's also because like it can help, right? So like, yes, Mm -hmm. as you said, like the Kardashians, huge following, but also like despite this, people don't really sit and think, oh, well, how do the Kardashians actually affect me in my life? You know, when Princess Diana died, people were sad. And they're like, Mm. I'm weird for being sad because I'm grieving over someone I don't know, but you're not weird. Everybody does it. Um, and it's not just in matters of like emotion chips, which is the term that's used in the psychological field. It's also um, things like prejudice. We were doing mm. studies where we found that um, listening to people, not like Jamie, I didn't, I didn't want to use Jamie because I felt that that was like a little bit cl- too close to home. Um, but I was um, working with these creators who are amazing and talking about their experience with mental health. Um, and people who had huge stigmas towards mental health actually found that their stigma the the prejudice that they had towards um people like maddie who's the creator um i was using that instance um was reduced and reduced over a longer period of time like over the course of many weeks like multiple months i think in some cases um but just by hearing the story of someone that is different to their own so being exposed to stories about prejudice about prejudicial issues issues reduces people's prejudice and that is such a powerful thing to know that we Mm -hmm. can do that on a on a long-term scale like we can totally use this to help um reduce things like transphobia homophobia all the phobias i'm about to get personal here so listen up i'm going to tell you a fun fact about me that you definitely didn't know the lube that i use most consistently is uber lube i really mean it if you were here with me right now i'd tell you to go over to my nightstand drawer and tell me what you see That's right, you would see a bottle of UberLube. If you've never heard of UberLube, let me tell you about it. UberLube is a silky smooth silicone-based lube recommended by leading doctors, and its body-friendly ingredient list makes it widely used by people with sensitivities to lubricants. Another amazing thing about UberLube is that it doesn't leave a sticky residue like water-based lubes do. It lasts for a long time and doesn't stain clothing or bedding. I have three bottles of UberLube on my bedside table right now, ready when I need it. If you're someone who wants to feel more pleasure in the bedroom, use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at uberloop.com. Trust me, it's amazing. Small business owners, freelancers, and contractors, listen up. If you're running a small business and you're making at least $60,000 in profit each year, you're going to love Collective. Collective is the all-in-one financial solution for self-employed people. They let you focus on your passion and not your paperwork. Collective handles all of the corporate formation and compliance paperwork, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, and even payroll. Go to collective.com now and use code Danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E, to receive one month free. And make sure to tell them that Sex Ed with DB sent you. 
Magic Wand's story begins in 1968, a full year before we landed on the moon and about six months before bell bottoms were trendy the first time. This is when the Magic Wand, the original personal massager, was first introduced, and I am so glad it was. No one expected that this unassuming device would soon become one of the world's most recognizable products. The Magic Wand original exemplifies the phrase icon, and now it shares the spotlight with three equally impressive models. Magic Wand Plus, a corded variable speed massager, Magic Wand Rechargeable, a cordless multifunction device, and the first ever Magic Wand Mini, a new, compact, adorable, rechargeable massager. Every product that bears the Magic Wand name features the legendary power and historic pleasure that took the world by storm more than half a century ago. My personal favorite Magic Wand is the original. They sell millions every year and for good reason. It's powerful and brings so much pleasure in all the right places. Want to get a discount on this amazing powerhouse? Go to sexedwithdb.com slash magicwand to learn more. Let me tell you about one of my favorite pleasure product retailers out there, Lion's Den. If you haven't heard about Lion's Den before, I can't wait to tell you about them. Lion's Den opened its first retail facility in Columbus, Ohio in 1971. That's right, over 50 years ago. Since then, they've grown to more than 50 outlets throughout the U.S., building their reputation on high-quality products, low prices, and a knowledgeable sales staff who can help you find the perfect toy. One of the many things I love about Lion's Den is that they advocate for a sex-positive perspective on intimacy and sexual well-being, and strive to break the stereotypes and stigma surrounding sex by providing comprehensive educational resources to empower everyone to enjoy life to the fullest. They are simply amazing. Lucky for you, Lion's Den is giving my listeners an exclusive discount of 15% off your purchase in-store and online with code SEXEDWITHDB at lionsden.com. What are you waiting for? Get your amazing Lion's Den toy now. You're actually <laughs> transitioning into, no pun intended, the perfect, uh, <laughs> the perfect segue here, which is I want to talk a little bit about transphobic misinformation because mm -hmm. i think specifically with you two you know yes being phds we get it you're cool you're smart <laughs> you're fun, and you have a Stop. very <laughs> you have a very large following on the internet right so like you you both are like very in uh, attuned to what's going on online uh more so i think than other folks and so i'm wondering if you two can talk about what you think is behind the increase in transphobic misinformation that we've seen online in recent years. And I'm a big uh, kind of action-oriented person. I don't really like talking about sad stuff if I don't have some sort of way to talk about how to combat it. So sure, on the, sure. on the back that. of, <laughs> you know, we, life's too short. We got to take action. Um, and I wonder, like, what strategies do you think that everyday allies can use to kind of counteract these very harmful trends? Oh, okay. First bit: <laughs> increase in transphobia. I, I personally think it's kind of started developing quite slowly. It's been quite like an insidious build-up with some high-profile people dipping their toe into transphobia, seeing what the response is like getting a relative amount of support and then that level of transphobia just growing and getting louder and more confident and more people kind of joining in and being like oh well this person I look up to is saying it this person that I trust because they're in this powerful position is saying these things so I don't know anything other than what they're telling me and I'm gonna go along with that and what we're seeing is 
I, I do believe it's still a minority based on uh, the, the even recent statistics that show most people are at least neutral to supportive of the trans community. But we have this very loud minority that have a certain level of power who are like transphobia. And so it feels like there's a lot going on. But you're saying it's a small amount of people that are just shouting really loud. Yes, mm, exactly. That was much more concise no, 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 than what I said. <laughs> um, in terms of like combating it, what I always say is like, listen to trans people. Like, mm-hmm. why why is it that people, mostly a lot of people's information, they would only ever heard about trans people from cis people. And that doesn't make sense to me. I'm not going to base my entire opinion on a community of people on what somebody who is not from that community has told me, especially mm-hmm. if it's like coming in quite like a negative tone, I'm going to go to the source and actually learn for myself. And I think that is the best way that we can combat this is speak to the trans community, listen to the trans community, give trans people a platform to actually share the truth of their journeys, their stories, their experiences. And I think we will see this transphobia getting broken down as trans people are humanized more and just more visible. You're so right. I I think like that's that's what baffles me the most, right? I think there's always going to be hateful people in the world. And DB, hmm. like what you said was so interesting beforehand, you know, like, oh, you two have a following. There's a lot of people. You're so well clued in, you know, just because people have a large following doesn't necessarily mean that they know what they're talking about. And mm, like, I'm not true. the first person to, you know, like say, oh yeah, I know everything. Listen to me. Like I encourage everybody to fact check everything because we all live life with our own personal biases. Mm-hmm. Right. And unfortunately, some people with really large platforms, as you said, um, are using those to share things that they don't really know too they're much about. They're not fact checking. They're not fact checking. Um, <laughs> you know, like in the age as well of like Twitter, where people are encouraged to consolidate huge complex human thoughts into 140 characters it makes it difficult to fact check and Mm. then you know on top of that we had a sprinkle of capitalism where people can um, you know make titles super attention grabbing because you know that makes money people are not going to do things right it's not necessarily you know the right thing um but we're not equipped as people to deal with the exposure to all of this information Mm. um and it's it, it feels like it's a different flavor in the air of hatred that's happening now um but you're right it's because it's being platformed and allowed to be platformed Mm -hmm. based on what numbers like you would never see people go on television on the uk national talk show and be like hey white person tell me your thoughts about how brown people live you just don't see that Mm -hmm. yeah for some reason people who are totally unqualified and totally removed and separated from the trans experience are being brought to share very negative and bigoted views and then have the audacity to say and we're being silenced um Mm. it's it's the double whammy (laughs) it is i mean the hopeful message from that because i I think there is one i think what i think the reason why we're seeing this different flavor and this increased volume in this hatred is because we were seeing up until like a few years ago a progression in trans rights we were seeing more representation, more positivity around the trans community. And I think that scared some people. And we are now seeing this like stronger pushback against a community that used to be a lot more silent and a lot more hidden. And people were getting fearful that this community wasn't hidden and silent anymore. Because it's being used as a political divide. Yeah. And I do genuinely believe like we're going to come out the other side of this and see all these people who are being horribly transphobic as just like 
wow, <laughs> that was a ride. Can you believe people used to say that? Um, exactly so my, I do, what I said yeah. before, right? Of like, oh, yeah, 20 yeah. years from now, we're just going to be like, oh, God, like, I can't believe we had to deal with this. And yeah. like, specifically, trans people had to deal with this. And and at the same time, it's not that unsurprising, too, because the same thing that people are saying now about trans people, you know, like trans women, quote unquote, trans women are dangerous. They shouldn't be allowed in our toilets. The mm. exact same argument was used about gay women. Right. Not yeah. too long ago. The exact same argument was and used against people of color, women that, of color. Yeah. It's just the same recycle. It's always like the, it's yeah. the easiest out group to pick on for the time period. It's the less known, right? Yeah. Which is therefore the most scary to the majority. Um, yeah. But the, I guess you said, as you said, right, that the happiness that can be taken from that, which sounds like a weird sentence, but is that, and I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist anymore, or homophobia doesn't exist, but there is a time where people do learn and we have to have these difficult conversations to get the exposure out there to Mm. make things better. Yeah. And I think the more and more conversations happen about it, the more and more that trans people are on platforms where they're able to just share their story and be themselves, the more and more accepting that people are. Um, hopefully. So thanks, DB. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't really a thing for myself, but just generally speaking, I do think, and like the more and more trans people are elected as uh, politicians and elected officials. And, you know, the Mm -hmm. more and more that we just basically allow for better representation, uh, especially for trans people in positions of power, right? Like Mm -hmm. really do, that does have an impact on the way in which that people view that um so yeah for that reason point for the internet i think that that (laughs) is that is kind of cool right um i'm also wondering if we can talk a little bit about how trans representation in mainstream media looks right now because i think i mean you know i'm i uh studied film and media for my undergrad degree and i am just like forever obsessed with tv shows and movies and just like the way in which that these forms of media can have a huge impact mm-hmm. on young people, especially when they're kind Absolutely. of growing up and viewing like who is the main character and what is their story. Um, and yeah. so I wonder if you have any like favorites out there or any kind of other media that you think that portray trans and queer experiences really, really well. I think there's definitely been some like real recent gems that that have trans representation, both like, passive in terms of just having trans actors or trans people kind of just present in this storyline but not necessarily like hey here's a trans person characters that are known for other things that just happen to be exactly the passive representation but we have really great shows like heartstopper and sex education in the uk that like really highlight a lot of elements they're they're amazing amazing. like the trans experience and we see like not just a token trans person as well, particularly in sex education, the new season, like we see a range of experiences and we see them as more than just their transness as well as the difficulties and, but also the joy that they experience as trans people. And that's, that's fantastic. Um, so that they're like two of my faves. Yeah. I love them too. No, you're right. Um, well, I guess like alongside those shows, which totally stand out for me, it's also seeing it in books. I've been mm. really into reading, um, yeah, reading at the moment. <laughs> and, I'm um, really into reading. <laughs> I'm really into books. <laughs> no, I've just, I've just been reading a lot at the moment. And um, it's so cool to see 
the different ways in which storytelling can be so powerful. Mm. And I, like you, I love that passive representation. Isn't it so cool to see? I mean, again, I know this is like real life, but I just think about our friend Noah, who's a kick-ass musician, amazing, amazing, very creative, talented, almost sickeningly so bean who just happens to be trans. Mm. Isn't that like just such an amazing thing to be yeah. able to show that these platforms can exist and these stories can be told and that being trans doesn't have to be the main part of it. Yeah, it doesn't all have to come back to the fact somebody's trans because we saw that in like the Barbie movie. Yeah. And then it, we were watching, what was it, Evil Dead Rise? And then afterwards we found out one of the actors was trans and yeah. we were just like, oh, hey, that's, that's so cool. Because cool. <laughs> like ne- in neither in neither movie was it mentioned at all. It's just like, great, we have great. trans people being visible being present being represented but not just for being trans and i think that's fantastic totally yeah yeah heartstopper in particular i like (laughs) i saw the first season on a plane i was like i cannot stop i just like (laughs) made me like butterfly sick to my stomach like i'm just like oh my god this is so sweet i'm gonna get a cavity Mm. like it's just like the show you wish you had right yeah oh my god it was just like very adorable And yeah, I've been, you know, as a sex educator, I've been a huge fan of sex education from the very beginning, but agree Mm -hmm. that like in the most recent recent season, they're very unapologetic about trans storylines and about queer Mm storylines. And at the end of the day, right, like Otis is like a cis straight male character. He's the he's the hero of our story. But there's so much room specifically in the last season for other people's stories and and for it not to center specifically to like only trans people feeling sad or depressed or just mm-hmm. like not in a good place, right? Like trans joy and just like seeing that from trans people and trans people of color is pretty unique for such a popular Netflix show. It's um, amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm definitely going to miss that show. I'm very bummed that it's over. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you and I was so upset. But then um, Laurie Nunn, who again, incredible talent, who made the show, um, I think, I mean, why are people so amazing? She was talking about how um, these characters came to a natural end and what she really wanted to do was allow space now for more shows to provide more universes and storylines that in a similar vein provide that representation. I was like, oh, stop being so good. I know, that's awesome. I'm, I'm excited to see what else, what else yeah, comes out. Yeah, I'm excited out. to see what comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, we only have a couple questions. This has been really fantastic. It's been really, really wonderful getting to know you. And before we... Uh, started, I also mentioned our uh, our producer and editor and communications coordinator, Sadie, uh, is a really big fan of you two. So just in the middle of this, before we even, you know, get to the end, I would just want to say thank you to Sadie for recommending you two and just a shout out to her. Thank you, thank Sadie. Thank you. Thank you for support. If you each have maybe like a story or an example of maybe how your content has positively affected somebody um, or help them understand trans or bi issues or content. Uh, I would love to hear what that what that has been like, anything memorable. Do you have anything? Do you want to go first? I know exactly what you're going to say. So you I should just have go for a it. new one. You're going to say grandma. What I have a it's new always grandma's. I... <laughs> Who is Anyone's grandma? <laughs> I have a new one. That, well, okay. The grandma thing is because I can take the grandmas because the grandmas such cute. A You've sweet. Got a you take the grandmas then. You want to take the grandmas first? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go. So this this probably sounds so weird to me. I'm so sorry. Basically, we. <laughs> it's always when we go to Asda as well. I don't know in person. Like, there's this one specific supermarket in the in the UK where grandmas just seem to like 
really resonate with our story. But um, grandmas are the cutest beings on earth because they message on videos. And I swear, grandmas are 90% the reason we do what we do because they're so cute. And they're like, hey, I didn't get it. And you know, like in like a typical grandma way, they're like, for God's sakes, you millennials and your labels and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, but now I have a trans kid or I have a bi kid or I'm an Asian grandma. Grandchild. Oh yeah, sorry, grandchild, typically grandchild. And they're like, and watching you, like, I get it now. Like, it's fine. And it's so cool to see you like win and you're married and you've got cats and a house and you're just like a bit normal, you know? And it's just so sweet to get grandmas just being so kind Mm -hmm. because you just know that they're being kick-ass supportive loved ones for their you know, LGBT plus person in their life. Yeah. So that's why I just said grandmas because I love grandmas. <laughs> Good for you. My <laughs> my new one, I actually got a recent comment that I I love. It meant a lot to me. It's somebody saying that their mum bought my book and they'd been quite unaccepting, but they were like trying and they read my book and that really helped them accept it and it's like completely changed their interactions and the relationship and I was like I feel very overwhelmed I can't like if it was very big-headed to repeat it because like I I can't I'm like I don't accept that something I did made such a big difference but thank you so <laughs> much for telling me but like I That's screenshot the British it. thing huh yeah <laughs> I, yeah I'm very British and I was like I'm just gonna have a look at that whenever I feel like low about what I'm doing or sharing things online and like just as a reminder that and grandmas sometimes in this industry yeah there's just like so much emphasis on things like stats and growth and numbers Mm. like it's really nice to connect with people to remember why you do what you Mm -hmm. do and to see like the people behind the numbers you know people are amazing and as you said db none of us would be here if it wasn't for our incredible communities um totally we Mm -hmm. get i can't speak for you but like for me I get so much from the community. They're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't realize how important this community is yeah. for me. Like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I get I get a huge kick, not only out of like helping people who like kind of show up in our DMs, but also like other up and coming sex educators. You know, I have like <laughs> a, a workshop that I do like, you know, once a year, basically, that's all about like how to make a living being a sex educator. And it's Amazing. so cool connecting with other people who want to do this work full time, because like the more sex educators, the better. And it's just a really, really fun, unique thing to be like, hey, I want to help you like make money doing what you love to do. And what you that's love so to do cool. is also helping people like being a sex educator is really helping people if you are Amazing. you know medically accurate science back comprehensive <laughs> you get it you get it yeah um well we're kind of towards the end of our interview here i would love to know if there are any like final thoughts or messages that you want to share with our listeners um especially maybe those who may want to kind of share their own trans or otherwise queer identity journey um or seeking to support someone someone who is I would say specifically to your little little baby LGBT plus people who might be listening, support is out there, my loves. There is support out there. You deserve to be unconditionally accepted as who you are by everybody. I think for the longest time, I always felt that life would end if I didn't have the support from the people that I really needed to. But you are amazing and you are valid. And there are people in this world who 
absolutely know that. So you just need to connect with them. That'd be mine. I can't top that. No, I, <laughs> that was good. I, I'll say I, that was good. I think that's. I think that's amazing. I. What am I meant to say after that? You I'm could have sorry. told me it was going to be really good and then I could have gone first. And I could have wrapped up on your comment. This is the only fight that they ever have, guys. It's just like them. <laughs> oh, we have like, no, you're time. amazing. No, you're <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. How dare you do a better job? <laughs> um, I think I would just say my point again about like, if you want to share it, that is like an amazing gift to put out there. And it will also be something that can help you as well. Like you can build a fantastic community but just like think about what it means for your life and just do it when you are in like the right place in your life to do so. But it can be a fantastic thing. Love it. And where can folks find you? Want to share your, uh, you know, your PhD handles, your YouTube <laughs> handles? Uh, well, I'm Jamie Dodger or just Jamie Rains, kind of everywhere you'll find me. I'm sure. Various places. On all platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, DB? Do you have a a leaving parting message? Oh, wow. Switcheroo on the interview. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I just think like for for trans folks specifically out there, like young trans folks or any age really, like young in your journey of being trans, I will say, uh, however old you are, like, like Shaba said, like, know that you fucking rock and like whatever you want to do in your life, like you can do and you deserve to have dreams and like succeed and laugh and and love and have great sex and, you know, all of those things have pleasure. Yes. And I think that that is something that should be a mantra to like repeat over and over again until you believe it if you're having a hard time believing it. Um, but it's really, it's really for anyone. (laughs) This advice is good for anyone listening. Uh, but I do think that since this is kind of like a a queer specific episode that, uh, folks who are listening who are queer, um, know that you're amazing and yeah. And so are you two good transition there. Um, (laughs) both so much for being on. Uh, it's been so, so so wonderful getting to know you and yeah, I, I can't wait to, to check out more of your stuff and, uh, and read your book, Jamie. I'm excited. So, so thank you so much. Thank you. No, thank thanks, you. It's DB. been thank so, so lovely much. chatting, and thanks for having us on the podcast. And please leave a review and rate it five stars, and do all of the things that you do with good podcasts. Listen, Ooh. I'm not. I'm not. I don't do that enough. Please listen. Yeah, I don't do that enough. So, thank you to the YouTubers uh, for keeping me humble. But yeah, seriously, rate this five stars. Share it with a pal. Give a review. It really helps. Uh, Jamie and Shaba, thanks so much. Thanks, DB. Thank you. Our creator, host, and executive producer is me, Danielle Bezalel. Our producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our producer and communications coordinator is Sadie Leegee. Our marketing coordinator is Kate Fiala. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Thanks so much to our featured guests, partners, and listeners. Want to partner with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on Instagram at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. Want to rep us with some brand new Sex Ed with DB merch? Go to sexedwithdb.com slash merch to check it out now. See you next time.